and this is rational hour. Yeah. <laughs> rational? Yeah. I'm in the game when it's crunch time. Yeah. I call the play like the coach do. Tell them boys they can't touch my leap. Example the way I'm supposed to. I got more reason a little bit, a little more than a lot. Only compare me to Bill, a better you feel. I'm sick of the skills. All I'm perfecting, I put them all on blast. Rational hour, it's more than a podcast. Follow on Twitter, get done with the move. It's Friday night, and this is how we do it. Let's keep it objective, I'm talking statistics. Executive none, we're ethic ridiculous. I'm on a job, grind the pine. Wash King, while I'm still in my prime. Prime time when I'm on live, I just intercepted another bag. Homegrown, like a month apart, ain't hard to tell you a bad man. The game plans like a suspect. Get your coach's death, you do better. If you knew better, you do better. We're in a winning streak, we ain't losing. Never, never, never. And this is Rational hour. Home run like a month apart. Ain't hard to tell you, bad man. Said this is rational hour. If you knew better, you do better. We in a winning streak. We ain't losing never. Welcome to the Rational Hour, Ryan. On today's show, we have an MLB vet in the building. This former player played 21 years in the major leagues for six different teams, playing every position except for pitcher and catcher. Rational hour. Please help me welcome the current play-by-play analyst for the Kansas City Royals, Mr. Rex Wonderdog Hudler. How you doing, sir? Ryan, thank you for having me, buddy. I'm doing great. Are you kidding? It's a real nice time of the year where we can sit back and reflect and, uh, and uh, you know, reflect on the past season and then now moving forward into the new year. That's usually when you turn the page into the new season and get the anxieties, the energy, the, the excitement starts to, to build. And, you know, Ryan, I've made so many mistakes in my career as a player, as a broadcaster, but I found out that's how I learned. i got to correct you on a couple of your introduction uh, notes. 21 years in the majors would have been amazing, but I I was too immature at 17 uh, when I signed out of high school in Fresno, California. And, and, and so, but I never, I mean, I had to grow, obviously, I had to grow physically, mentally, but I didn't expect to play 10 years in the minors. So it was 21 pro seasons, 10 in the minors, 10 in the majors, a year in Japan, and an, an incredible run that I thank God for, uh, all the time. Yeah, even though it's been 20 something years since I've been, I've played. And, you know, growing up in Fresno, California, four miles, I mean, four hours up the road, the first, my first call, I had a couple of good hits, you know, a couple of, a couple of good, good plays. My first call to my mom was, Mom, did Ben Scully say anything about me? Did, what did he say? Did he, did, did he mention my name, Mom? I mean, that'll tell you. And that was a long time ago. That was, that was the late 80s. And, you know, of course, he did it for, I don't know, how many years Ben did it? 70 years? 60? I don't know how many. but A long time. Truly, yeah, truly one of the great legends in our, in our, in, in our world, uh, let Absolutely. alone baseball. Um, so, you know, that'll tell you the impact that some broadcasters had on me during my career. And, you know, I never had a beef with anyone, any of them. If I played bad and somebody said, you know, some unkind words, I never, it never bothered me. Uh, mm-hmm. because that's their job. I never had a problem. Only one time I had a problem and it was with Tim McCarver and it was because of my mistake. I popped mm-hmm. off in New York and I popped off, uh, and said, uh, a reporter said, Hey, what do you think about the mess? I said, ah, they're not as good as they think they are. And you know my my locker mate uh, Tracy Jones kicks me next next door next kicks me in the leg and says you know God, he's like look at me like why do you tell him this guy? So the next day in the New York Post uh, headlines were Hudler downs Mets and uh, oh, wow. we had ju- yeah we had just and we had just uh, we we, we uh, won two straight games against the Mets we had a doubleheader that that day on a Sunday 
and our manager, Buck Rogers, had just held a meeting with us and saying, hey, we're going on a 10-day road trip, 12-day road trip to some big cities, and be careful what comes out of your mouth. Careful what you say. You don't want to put any pressure on your team. Well, I'm with that right away. So the guy walked out. As he's walking out, I, I was trying to catch him going, sir, no, excuse me, sir. And he just kept walking. Yeah, so I knew I was in trouble. And sure enough, Keith Hernandez, uh, first baseman of the Mets, he cuts the article out, puts it on their bulletin board. They called that bulletin board material. And right. they, they, they swept us in the doubleheader that day. And we went to the West Coast and lost seven more straight. Wow. So it was a huge uh, learning lesson there. But but so so McCarver is a broadcaster for the Mets, and he's raking me all the He's all, oh, this guy's popping off, saying stuff. And, and that's okay. I deserved it. My dad calls me after the game. Son, man, oh, my, man, you you messed up, didn't you? I go, yes, sir, I sure did. And he goes, and the, broadca- the broadcaster, McCarver, let you have it. And I said, good. I deserved it. So no big deal. Two, a week, yeah, McCarver, a week later. McCarver's been known to kind of stir the pot a bit, uh, I know right. he's had a couple of controversies in the past. I never forget the one with I believe it was him and Dion, where Dion dumped the water on him uh, in, in oh, the wow. locker room. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that yeah, really, really, yeah, probably a mistake uh, on both parts. And sometimes that happens emotionally, but I yeah. try never go to that extreme. But so here we are a week later pl- playing the Mets, and and uh, uh, McCarver, he. he uh, He's on me again. My dad calls me and says, hey, son, man, he's still on you. And so I said, thanks, Dad. So I saw him by the batting cage. And, you know, instead of uh, correcting him in front of five, six, seven teammates around the cage, I pulled him aside and I said, hey, uh, I said, hey, Tim, can I talk to you for a minute? He goes, sure. And I walked, you know, pulled him away from everybody. And I said, hey, man, I made a huge mistake last week. And uh, that was really terrible. But now I appreciate you letting it go. Now it's, it's time to let it go. And and he went, well, Rex, you're right. So sorry about that. I mean, you know, you know. So, but I told, I I did it the professional way. I just asked him, not in front of people, not in, you know, not trying to belittle him, not trying to make me look big in front of my friends. I, and I, I was always, always, and still am respectful of the people that are in the game. The, the the small people that might be in the game, the the kid who hangs your jock, the kid who does the laundry for you, uh, the right. p- ushers, people that work there, the the parking attendants, people that right. you come in contact with, those people are huge. They're as they're as big as as any other characters. Those are those are the, the fabric of the game. And I learned a long time ago, mainly from my upbringing. My mom taught me manners and respect. And, and, you know, I was able to, to go into that career, and, and I, I got a worldly degree in baseball uh, and, and, and in my life. And I learned how to fail. I learned how to, how to succeed. I learned how to, how to handle people, how to love people. It's a people business. And, you know, the God I worship, he, he commands me to love people. And it's hard at times, especially your opponents when you're out there and you're command, you're playing, and you're, you know, it's not easy. But, you know, uh, the, the respect for others is important, and that's, that's yeah. the main thing. Absolutely. Now, uh, speaking of the West Coast, Rex, the winter meetings just ended. Uh, there was a lot of big free agents, notably Aaron Judge. He spurned the, the Padres and the Giants to sign a nine-year, $360 million deal to stay with the Yankees. Uh, what did you think of the deal, and were you surprised that he stayed in New York? No, especially at being a Fresno State Bulldog. Are you kidding? 
We are huh. proud of him. We are proud of Mr. Judge. We're proud of his upbringing. We're proud of 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 him and, and the legacy he he carried in, in college and then on to to the big leagues. Did you, by chance, Ryan, listen to some of his post game interviews after the iconic season, the, the the incredible season that he just had? Would you did you listen to some of that the words that came out of his mouth? The yeah, humility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like his humble, legacy was so important. Yeah, his, how humble he was, uh, crediting his teammates, shaking his head off shucks about himself. Um, just nothing but class. Are you kidding? He deserves every penny he gets. What a what a phenomenal talent. And getting to know him five six years ago uh, was so special. And you know, uh, during my long career of broadcasting, I've become friends with guys that broadcasted their entire careers. And one of them was CC Sabathia. What a classy young man that guy is. And so I learned, I mean, I met him when he was a player with the Cleveland Indians, and even back in Milwaukee when he first started. And so then him playing for 19, 20 years or pitching for that long. So I knew him, and I go in the Yankee dugout, I'm in the Yankee locker room, and uh, um, this is back at Coffin Stadium, and I wanted to meet Aaron Judge because I'm from Fresno. And I go, well, I want to meet him, you know. And, and, and so when I walk in the Yankee locker room, First guy I see is CC Sabathia. He's not laying on the couch. They have these big couches, you know, these players lounge on while in their downtime. And CC uh-huh. jumps up, jumps up. Hud, how you doing, Hud? Hey man, good to see you. He goes, how you doing? Good. Well, I said, you know what? Uh, I just, I just got to meet the kid. I got to meet the kid, Judge. And and he looked around and he was Judge was on the other side, other couch. And he goes, hey kid, get up. And he jumped to his feet. And he comes running over, not walking, running over, because he was a rookie. Wow. And CC, yeah, that that's how that's how you you know some guys treat their rookies. And he comes over, and just full handshake, smile. CC says, "Hey, he's kid, you know, Hudson from Fresno. He's been you know he's a longtime player, broadcaster." And the kid was so humble even then. He was just really just like right, happy to meet me. Made me feel so mm-hmm. special. Um, so yeah, Aaron Judge with the kind of season he had. Um, was phenomenal. The talent, plus being right. six foot seven, you know, three hundred pounds or however much he is, two eighty, playing center field, he's a phenom- phenomenal talent. Yeah, like like a modern day gladiator. Jeez. Now, Hud, were you surprised? Because uh, there's different rumors, but I heard the Padres offer him like a ten year, four hundred million. Giants for the same amount of money. That's not, you know, that's a lot of money to turn down. Do you think the Giants or the Padres were close? The Giants are, I mean, the Padres are throwing so much money around. Well, he was a record-setting greatest player offensively in, in the world. Right. The best. And he happened to become yeah. a free agent. He gambled on himself, which is great. I mean, you know, whenever they wave guaranteed money to me, which was very small compared to anything like that, I would take it right away. Any, any kind of guaranteed money was like, sure, I'll sign it. You know, because I was a utility player. It was a lot different. Uh, our skills were different, but he he already gambled on himself. He's a New York Yankee. He has a lot of pride in that in your organization, and who wouldn't? That was my first organization. I, I, I lasted a couple of um, seasons up and down with 84 and 85, and Yogi Berra was my manager. Billy Martin was my manager. And so I knew what it was like to put the pinstripes on and to wear those and to go into Yankee Stadium. And it's a it's an incredible place to play. The whole world stops when the Yankees come to town. 
you know, it's a big deal. He and he's him being a, a firstborn Yankee. He he probably um, just loved the time you get as a free agent, which doesn't happen all that often. And when you get to that position, it's your call. You get your call, your own shots. No wonder those offers were coming at him. But I think all along he just wanted to get what was the best market for him and stay with New York. He's a class act and and really a one of a kind. Yeah, he truly is. Um, you know, his record and his his legacy, the things he's doing. I mean, to bat three eleven, the average for the year last year was two forty four, and to have the home run record, it just speaks for itself, man. The guy is just the the best uh, you know performance you've seen in the season, uh, probably ever. Right, and he and Shohei Otani are the greatest baseball players in the 2022 season. And hopefully that will yeah. continue with it, with their talents and their phenomenal ability. Um, and, you know, we're seeing guys play the game today. In the I call them the modern-day players in the modern game. Okay? Yeah. That lets everybody know I'm talking about current guys. And it is yeah. just so fun to watch their skills, to, to watch the talent and watch the speed, uh, you know, the uh, the ability, but also their personal side, getting to go in the locker room and talk to these guys and seeing that the human side of them. Uh, yeah. and, and most of these guys are all very classy, very classy and well-raised. When you see a classy guy like Aaron Judge and you talk to him, you, you could tell his parents had a lot to do with his upbringing and his personality, you know, obviously, you know, and, and mentoring. Uh, so it's just really a blessing to go to the ballpark every day on this side of it, uh, being a broadcaster, getting to know these players, and, and to share with our audience what we find out before games about them. Yeah, yeah. Now, staying in New York, uh, the, the New York Metropolitan signed A.O. Cy Young winner Justin Verlander to a two-year $86 million deal. Now, Mr. Verlander is going to be 40 come the season. The Houston Astros lose Verlander. How much does that hurt? And how much does it help the Mets add in Verlander, who's going to be 40, to Max, Serger, and company? And will it hurt Houston going forward? Uh, yes and no. Yes, they 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 had an idea they would lose him, but they have so much pitching. Their depth is amazing. They have starters that would be number one starters on other teams that are in the bullpen. They put them in the pen at the end of the season yeah. because they didn't oh, have yeah. enough room. Yeah. So look, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they loved having him. Verlander was great with the other players, and there's so much downtime in baseball, unlike any other sport, because you're playing every single night. You play for six, seven months. You know, you're grinding, and there's a lot of downtime. You're closer to your teammates than you are your family, and so yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible a veteran like him be hanging around these other young pitchers and the other young guys. And being able to ask him questions, that's invaluable to a team. So, yeah, they'll miss him for that, but they also have other veterans that will step in. Um, and then and then he took advantage of his of his uh, status as a free agent, and he, he you know, he found himself a deal in the team, and he wants to continue to win. So he's going to – obviously he's, he, he's going to uh, continue to flourish. But when you have age and experience and condition – uh, you know, his condition is amazing. He takes care of himself. He knows his mechanics are flawless. He can repeat his delivery. There's so many uh, intangibles to a veteran player at 90, I mean, excuse me, at 40. He's not, not quite that old. At 40 years old, uh, man, that's fantastic. So so he he uh, he has uh, certainly put a, an exclamation point this past season with his first World Series win, uh, an exclamation point 
on his Hall of Fame career. No question about it. Another good guy, too. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a true talent, true professional, and uh, his career just speaks for itself. It's crazy to think back in Detroit when they had Price, Verlander, and they had Serger. So it's good, good to see him back with Serger and company. Oh, man, you know, for, for sure, um, he's going to the Big Apple. My former teammate and great friend in baseball, Buck Showalter, is going to love right. having him. And you know what? He's pitching exactly where he wants to pitch. The Big Apple is the biggest city in the United States, one of the biggest in the world. Why not go there at the end of your career and show your skills to everyone? And, and believe me, the Mets aren't done. They'll be back in it in, uh, this year again. Staying in the NL East, the Phillies, you know, got a $300 million shortstop in Trey Turner to add to a potent lineup. The team was in the World Series. They're getting better adding a guy like Trey Turner with his bat and his speed and his glove. Do you think the Phillies can have a chance to repeat as National League champs? Oh, absolutely. The fighting Phillies were, were really dynamic. So great. What a good, solid finish for them. Their managerial change, you know, worked for them. There are, you know, Bryce Harper, what a, what a gamer he is. Playing hurt, had a, had a, had a, played with one hand basically, had a messed up thumb. Then he ends up having to have sh- uh, shoulder surgery, um, in the offseason. Playing hurt, you know, you learn a lot about guys during the season, especially teammates. They show up every day, you see them in the trainer's room, you see them, you hear them yelling and screaming the pain, and you've got to go out and play every day. I mean, they got some veteran leaders on that team. You sign a, a, an athlete like Trey Turner, and he deserves – not all these guys deserve all the money they're getting from ownership. It's up there. It's out there. They have the money. And by golly, if you're going willing to, to say yes, there's no – none of those players this offseason who, who are signing these, these wealthy contracts, nobody's holding a pistol to their head saying, here, you got to sign this. Or you got No. No, you're not, hold, you're not holding a, 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 anything against an owner, too, saying, uh, you, you know, you – you got to pay this guy. No, they're offering. They're saying, here, this is what we want to offer you. You take it. You say yes, and you run with it. And speaking of running, Trey Turner, his athleticism on the baseball field is, is unmatched by anybody else. No other. You know, Aaron, Aaron Judge can't play shortstop in the big leagues. But you could take Trey Turner, and you could put him in center field, and he could play center every day for you. That's the yeah. t- type of athlete that he is. So, yeah, he deserves every penny he got. He went to the – and having finished my career with the fight and fills in 1997 – excuse me, yeah, 97 and 98, I got a taste of the crowd, what they're like, the passion in that city. I'll never forget it. And, you know, to watch them in the postseason, so happy for their fan base. They're rabid, man. They love baseball. They love sports. You know, these are blue-collar workers up in Philly, and they work hard for their living. And when they and they come to the ballpark, they they – they love their sports, man. So they, this is a great city and a, an excellent matchup for Turner. And yes, they will be right back in the thick of that again. They'll challenge the Mets next year. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty good uh, matchup with the Mets and the Phillies. Going over to the Central in the American League, I'm a White Sox fan, Rex. Um, oh, they sorry, hired, sorry. Uh, I know <laughs> it's, it's a uh, interesting uh, soap opera going on in the South Side of Chicago. Yeah, um, no, no, no. I, like we play him, we play him eighteen times a year. The last eleven yeah. years I've been here in Kansas City, so I get that. Yeah, and they hired the Kansas City bench coach and Pedro Garfell. Uh, what are your thoughts 
on, on the White Sox in the Central. The Guardians can get back. They had a pretty good run in the playoffs. Uh, the Twins lose. Uh, Carrera, the, he signed with San Francisco. Um, the Royals have a bunch of budding stars, and they're in contention as well. Do you think uh, Pedro will be a good fit with, in Chicago, and how do you see the Central going forward in, in 23? Oh, man, Pedro Grafal, he's ready. He was in it here in Kansas City. We had a managerial opening. Okay? Yeah. So, so you know what? Were they going to stay in-house, or were, were the Royals going to go outside? That's what opened the door for the White Sox. Depending on what the Royals' decision was, you know, they had to make theirs. So the Royals decided to go um, outside and get Matt Quartaro from the Rays, and they went a different direction because of the uh, of the philosophies of, I'm sure, ownership had some, say, new Vice President, General Manager J.J. Piccolo decided, hey, look, we're going to go outside. We love you, uh, Pedro. We know you're ready. He's interviewed for, for managerial positions the last three years. I mean, three and four. He's he's ready, no doubt. Bilingual, Cuban, uh, excellent catcher in his day for Florida State back in his college days. So he could catch. He knows the business. And how many of our big league managers out of the 30 managers are former catchers? I'll, I'll say at least 20. At least yeah, because they can handle a pitching staff. They know how to handle that stuff. And he's going to be great, especially with, with all, all the Cubans on their team. Oh, they're going yeah. to respect him right away. And Pedro Gafal, he's not going to have to go out there and command respect. He'll just, he'll just go out there and love on the players. That's what good managers do. I got to play for so many really excellent managers in my career, Hall of Famers and all kinds of different guys. And the biggest thing a manager can bring is the ability to communicate, the ability to love on his guys, and the ability to gain their confidence. And Grafal, he unfortunately for us, the Royals, we're going to be in trouble with them. But, you know, the last two seasons, the Kansas City Royals had, had were growing their team, our, our team, and we were growing this young talent like you were talking about. Um, but we had a winning record against the White Sox two years in a row. Yeah. We beat them in the season series. So, look, we have an advantage on that. Yeah, but, but you know, anyway, back to your question. I don't want to get too confident about my team. But, but the White Sox, man, I love Jerry Reinsdorf. That guy, he's a George Steinbrenner. He's a game changer. He's fantastic. George Steinbrenner should be in the Hall of Fame. Should have been in there 10, 15 years ago. You know? And Reinsdorf. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. He's not in the no. Hall of Fame. No. Because you know what? People in the Hall of Fame are game changers. People who make a difference in the business over years. And he certainly did. And I'm a little partial because I was his first bonus baby back in 1978. His first number one pick. So, yeah, me and Mr. Steinbrenner had a relationship. But me and Jerry Reinsdorf got one, too. He's been around so long, and he always hangs out on the field, you know, before games. Most iconic owners like that, they're going to sit up in their booth. And speaking of that, we can always tell when Reinsdorf's in the house, when we go to the south side and play them, because I can smell the cigar, the aroma of the cigar. And, you know, in the, in the modern world we're in, no smoking in public anymore, anything. Uh, you know, the, the smell of the, the aroma of that cigar, it's beautiful. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, and he's, that's, that's he, yeah, he's very passionate. Uh, gosh, he owns, you know, three or four different sports teams. So, you know, he's an amazing man. Uh, and, and, you know, he's learning. He, he wants to start to buy a championship. So did Mr. Steinbrenner. Doesn't always happen that way. You got to develop it. But I'm happy that Pedro Gafal finally gets his managerial spot. And it'll be great to see him 
not 18 times this year since we're playing every team this year, not as much in our division. So that'll be like, excuse me, that'll be, uh, we'll probably play them about 12 times, 13 times, but uh, still going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, now, now Rex, I'll be remiss if I didn't ask you. So what do you think of what will Ben and Tindy bring to the White Sox with Pedro Grafal as the manager to go with the young core like Lewis Robert and Vaughn and um, Ancada and Sheets and the rest of the guys on that roster, Eloy Jimenez. Will Ben and Tindy be a factor for that team? And I know you saw him firsthand with the Royals. Oh, I mean, the White Sox did a great sign. They signed Benintendi. What they got him for? Five, seven years, maybe? I don't know what they got him for. Anyway, watching Benny. Benny's a contact machine. He puts the ball in play. He's a, a tremendous eye. He has an eye for the barrel. He, he yeah. barrels baseballs that, you know, we, I watched him the last couple of seasons, actually a season and a half before we dealt him to the Yankees at the trade deadline this year. But he barrels. He uses the whole field. Uh, doesn't have great speed, but he's a tremendous defender because he gets good jumps. He's got a good throwing arm. He knows how to how to play balls off the wall. And the fact that he he won his first Gold Glove at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, one of the biggest ballparks in the world outside of Colorado. There's more real estate in Kansas City here at Kauffman Stadium than any other ballpark. And he he patrolled it and won his first gold glove. Now you put him in that ballpark out there on the south side, it's a bandbox. It's small. He's going to even be better defensively. And they need help defensively. They've they've been terrible the last few years in errors and, and missing balls and not, not hitting cutoff men, not, you know, playing guys, different guys out of position. So the fact that they got Ben and Tendy, that blosters their, blows his hair, uh, however you want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Blosters it takes care of him outfield. So, so they did two things. They got a defender, no, no question about it, that's going to be able to defend, but also he can flat out rake. If you put him in there with those other guys, it's going to be fantastic. But another thing that Grafal brings is you talked about him in his, Luis Robert is an incredible talent. Oh yeah. man, is he fun man. to watch. Wow. Mm-hmm. These guys that played in Cuba, man, that's the highest brand of baseball in the world. They come over here, they are the real deal. And so they have a homie. Now they're yeah, the skipper. Girl follows their homie. They're like, oh man, they're gonna be able to tell stories. They're gonna you know, I mean they're gonna bond instantly with them. And let's just hope that, you know, the Royals can overcome them, but I don't know. They have a lot of talent. So I'll have to wait yeah, and see no. how it goes. The central is tight. The central's very tight. The Royals have some good young talent, notably Bobby Witt Jr. Um, I think uh, Whit Merrifield is one of the best, one of the most underrated players in the league. Uh, I, if, if Mondesi can ever get healthy and play a full season, he's a he's a monster on the base pads, and he has a good glove. But he's last two years had some nagging injuries. Uh, how good is Bobby Witt Jr. and how does the future look for the Kansas City Royals? Oh, now we're talking. The future is so bright here in Kansas City. You need welders' goggles to look at the future. Okay, not sunglasses, welders goggles. So look, wow. you have talent like that that's that's 22 years old, like a Bobby Witt Jr. that came from great parents and a and a 10 year plus big league father as a pitcher, mentored correctly, understands the game, way more mature at 22 than I saw a lot of 26, 27, 28 year olds. This kid and his skill set is amazing. He's, he's, his speed is elite. He's right there with Trey Turner. You can check out the metrics, check out the numbers. 
He's his, his speed is elite. His hands are good. Now he airs this year at shortstop, which every shortstop does, especially their first year in the big leagues. Trying to get adjust yourself at that age to the speed of the game. He'd never been in the big leagues before. The speed is so different. The 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 exit velocity off of these guys' bats is incredible, Ryan. And being a broadcaster, we, we we talk about exit velo and all that stuff and how hard the ball's hit and where it's hit and the trajectory, the launch angle. You know, but he did a fantastic job. He made seventeen or more errors, uh, which is not unusual for first year shortstops that are rookies. He's gonna continue to improve. He also played some third base. Um, and then one of the reasons why he didn't grade so well, uh, as far as rookie of the year or anything like that, is because of his defensive numbers. They weren't very good. Man, he's a game changer, let me tell you. And he'll continue to improve because of his tremendous work ethic and his talent, his, his skill set, that he'll be an all-star. He could possibly be an MVP. And let me go one step further. And if Robin Yount happened to be listening to your show, I think Robin Yount would agree and be proud that I would compare this Bobby Witt Jr. to Robin Yount. Yount, in Hall of Fame career, got to the big leagues at 16. You know, now, now that would be hard to do, but he set the bench for a few years and kind of, you know, they, they brought uh, Yount along. But Yount's the only player in the history to win a gold glove in center field and in shortstop. Um, and, and this kid, Jr., could do the same thing. You know, Julio Rodriguez, the kid in, in Seattle, and God, yeah. what a talent he is. Yeah. But same thing as Trey Turner. Bobby Wood Jr., I mean, uh, uh, Rodriguez, he can't play shortstop in the big leagues. You have to have a certain skill set to play in the infield. But, Jun- yeah. uh, but Bobby Wood Jr., he could go to center field and play there too. So he's not only an, infield, an elite big league infielder, but he, he also can play the center field. So the athleticism's off the chart. Got a great throwing arm. His arm swing is great. I mean, outstanding. His, his range left and right coming in, going back. This kid's going to be around a long time, and we're going to love watching him. But there's other talent, too. Yeah. Salvador Perez is an incredible, you know, a, a World Series MVP. He's been continues to put up numbers. Great player. Hard. He's a leader on this team. It's the uh, influx of young talent that came in from the, come up from the minors this year. We had seven, eight guys in that lineup that were all rookies at, uh, you know, three or four times a week. And so it's tough when you don't have pitching. You have to pitch to win. We've been talking about a lot of position players so far today. But you, if you don't pitch, you don't win. And we were last in everything in pitching. Starters, ERA, uh, walks, bullpen. You know, they've got some pieces, and they've got some good young talent. But the fact that they underperformed this past season is one of the reasons the Royals were last place in the in the Central, and one of the yeah. reasons, unfortunately, the great Dayton Moore got fired, the manager Mike Matheny got fired, Cal Elder got fired, the hitting coach got fired. I mean, it was a it was a rough year here in Kansas City. But the talent is there, and I've seen teams go worst to first a lot in baseball. And it can happen, especially in the Central. We don't know what's going to happen in the Central. It's not like the it's not like the American League East teams in the most American and National League is those those two leagues are very superior sometimes. Yeah. But it's an exciting time here in Kansas City, and our fans, you know, unfortunately, used to seeing a young talent and, and some losing seasons. They still are on board. They're good people here. They're good fans. Now you were with the Angels for many years. It's so funny to me because Google saw with the Angels now and you're with the Royals. It's kind of interesting. 
Um, but the Angels' activity this offseason, interesting to know your thoughts, Rich. They signed Tyler Anderson from the Dodgers. He had a really good season last year, 15-5, 2.5 ERA. Um, they trade for Gio Urshela from the Twins. They trade for Hunter Renfro. Um, they sign an uh, interesting piece I like, Carlos Esteva, reliever from the Rockies. Um, what are your thoughts on the Angels coming into 23, and do you think it's possible that Perry – Messinian can keep uh, Shoei Itani in the Angels uniform? Well, of course, so much of that is over Perry's head. I mean, with management, the team up for yeah. sale, there's a lot mm-hmm. of intangibles that you can't control in baseball, mm-hmm. not just for Perry, but for all the players and so many things. You only can control a few things, and especially as a player, your output and your attitude. Only two things you can control. So if you worry about all these other things, you can't control the weather, whether they're going to go out and get three guys out to play your position, what all that stuff. That's wasted energy. Perry Manation, he's a young guy. He, I saw him as a young kid growing up in, in the Texas Rangers locker room in there. He was a, he was a, his, his old man was an equipment manager. And I remember watching Perry as a little boy, little kid, man. I can't wait to hug him. I haven't seen him in, in a, uh, this past year, but I can't wait to hug the kid. Yeah, no, he's smart. He's a baseball guy. But, you know, you have to continue to make improvements. You have to bring new people in. So many teams have, that have done great things at the season before, if they stand pat, you lose. you got to continue to improve your ball club, depending on the financial uh, uh, capabilities your team gives you or or what are the, some of the restrictions, you know, the money, that's big, you know. But, but uh, you know, Artie Moreno has never been accused of not spending. So he's, uh, he's still ha- at the helm. And he's going to give Perry some of these players here. I love Renfro's power. You know, I, I love, you know, uh, I got to see uh, the, the third baseman, uh, Urshela, all season this year playing for the Twins. I like him a lot. He's got a great skill set. He's got leadership ability. He has the ability to, to hit the ball to the opposite field and hit the ball all around. Got a little pop, but this guy's going to help them a lot. And hopefully they'll get some health back in some of their star players, and that'll go along with it. But once again, Ryan, we're talking about pitching, and that's the one thing that Artie hasn't figured out, that you can buy all these great talents you want. You can go out and get, who was the kid, Ham- Josh Hamilton? Okay. You can get him. You can get Albert Pujols, some of the greatest players, uh, position players. Uh, the kid Rendon, he's a fabulous yeah. talent. You can buy all those guys you want, but if you can't pitch, you don't win. And had he invested a lot of that money in a Verlander or, you know, guys like that, he would win. So Perry, I think, gets that. And hopefully for Angel fans, I love them. I love uh, the the organization. They gave me a great opportunity there as a player and broadcaster. And they've got to figure the pitching side out. Yeah. I think they, uh, they're getting there. They got some – Otani, of course, is one of the best in the game. Uh, we mentioned him earlier in – they got some oh. young pieces. Uh, Sandoval, I think, is very interesting. And they got a young kid, Reed Detmers, I think, is um, another one that seems to have some potential. They just got to get like the bullpen in order. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's, you got to, you know, nowadays you got to have a pin to win. you got to have starters. I mean, you you, you saw the postseason. Man, yeah. amazing. And you notice the strikes these guys throw? They come right after hitters. And when you nibble and you don't, which was a problem our pitchers had here in Kansas City, you lose. You walk batters, you lose. You can't win. You need to be more competitive. 
They've got a couple yeah, of yeah. arms, you know. Then uh, they're going to have to figure that out, just like every other team does. They all try to got to figure it out. But the teams that you know, well, Houston Astros, man, they they were deep in the starters and their bullpen, and that's how you win. Of course, you you had some talented sluggers like they had in Bregman and, and Alvarez. I mean, they're the, that guy's a beast from the left side. Oh, Another man. Cuban, Jordan Alvarez, and, man, he is a yes. And then one of my heroes and Dusty Baker, man, you know, so. It all works and goes hand in hand, um, and it's so fun to have been in the business, Ryan, for a long time and getting to know these people personally and going down and saying hi to them before a game and being able to yeah. share that inside with our fans now on the broadcast side. That makes that yeah. makes it even better. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's so funny, Rex, because Jordan was in the Dodgers organization, and then I couldn't imagine him being with the guys that they had now if they kept him. And- I can't remember oh. who they traded for, but yeah, he—that's incredible that he would have yeah. been a Dodger. Well, you know what's even more is that his first year he got here, he DH'd, and I, he, he, yeah. as big as he is, you know, I, I didn't think he had any any athleticism. They put him in the outfield, man. I was so impressed with this guy, the way he moved, the way he you know went back to the wall, his speed, the way he—I mean, he had great speed, but he had adequate speed, he had great judgment, a nice. Uh, angles and routes on baseballs. I was like, wow, we're seeing a whole different player. So I'm not shocked at all that the Astros won. I mean, I, I'm not. That's a team that had the best talent, best team in baseball. But it's all oh, exciting, yeah. especially especially now this year. And, you know, Ryan, I don't, I don't know if you had the rule changes on your calendar today to talk about, but with the rule changes and, and the bases being closer, the attention to steals, the no shifting, uh, That's the, the big uh, one. The, well, the biggest one is the time clock for all of us. Oh, that one too. Yeah. That's but, but, a game changer. But Rex, isn't so, that huge? But the defense is not be able to shift now. That was so big the last oh, couple of years in, in oh, most managers' eyes. Oh man, you know what? And, and you know that the, 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 these uh, so-called smart people that know numbers. Uh, that that was they loved that they would give those yeah. readouts to those coaches and the players and they would shift. But now you know Major League Baseball says, "Hey, look, we need to improve our fan base. We need to keep the young fan in, in, into this game, and we need to we need more scoring." So the NBA had a problem like that too. They had a problem, and it, it, it was the way they were defending the opponents. So they call it an illegal defense now. So when you see a play called in an NBA game and they blow the whistle and you're like, what happened? That's the illegal defense. Why did they did they make that a penalty? Because they want more scoring. Same thing in baseball. They eliminate the shifting because they want more scoring. They want guys to to level the field. So it's going to be a big difference this year. I think we're going to see a tremendously exciting game with more emphasis on stolen bases. Seven inches is going to be the difference between bases. Uh, that's a, how many times do you get thrown out by an inch? I mean, seven? Yeah. Man, here comes the track meet. Bobby Wood Jr. Man, all these, you know, Bondacy, the Kansas City Royals yeah. run, and it's going to be great. We're going to see more speed. The starting pitcher can only, or the, whoever's pitching can only throw over twice, and that's it. Mm. Man, Ooh. the advantage goes to the Man. base runner. So they're do, making these rules so the game gets more exciting. And I'm, I'm happy for him to, to be able to change some of these things, man. We're talking about going first to third more often, speed in the game. Yeah. I was blessed to be able to broadcast for two World Series champions, the 02 Angels and the 15 Royals. 
and oh, yeah. he knows both teams very similar, homegrown, but they ran the bases. Mike Sosha's Royals, or excuse me, his, his Angels in 02, they went first to third more than anyone. They led the league in steals. They didn't rely on the home run ball. They put the ball in play. They played good defense. I mean, it was fun. And the Royals the same way, last in the league in home runs. But they put the ball in play, and they stole bases, man. They made the game exciting to watch. And this is what we're going to see this coming season. Now, Rex, uh, lastly, before we let you go, uh, any early World Series predictions? Can you see Houston or the Phillies coming back to the World Series? And uh, what are your thoughts going forward in the 23 season with the Royals' expectations? Can they make the postseason? Well, after you heard me rant about your attitude before the season about winning a championship, yeah, the Kansas City Royals are going to win their third world championship this year. That's just that's just my belief and thought. But obviously, they're going to have to have to have some tremendous improvements with their starting pitching and bullpen. But outside of that, how are you going to continue to beat the White? I mean, the uh, the Astros. I mean, they're they're going to be the the team that's going to be the go to team. I think the Yankees. I think the Fighting Phils will be that. The Mets are going to be there again. You know, it's the it's these unfortunately the high uh, the big dollar the big spending teams that they're usually at the front. But there's always a couple of teams out there that are going to shock the house. And you know who could that be? Depends on the rest of the season, the rest of the off season. What the who 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 gets who? There's still some really good players out there, free agent wise, and a bunch of trades that'll be consummated. So there's a lot of baseball uh, ahead in the off season, which is how you make a lot of your gains. But it's a little too early to call. But you can't. You know, I mean, how's Dusty Baker going to lose? He's got way too much talent. Well, Believe thank it. you, Hud. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and just blessing our listeners, which are inside in the career of everything going on in MLB and the latest going on in spring training. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I thank you yeah. just for coming on the show and taking the time. Ryan, man, you know, a chance to share with you one person. And if there's anybody else that's going to listen, maybe they could pick one thing that we shared today that might help them in their daily walk in the world, in, in the worldly walk. That's baseball and the world go hand in hand. You have to show up every day and perform in baseball just like you have to do at the office and when you bring your lunch pail at work. you gotta, you got to perform. you got to put out. So, man, it's a beautiful thing. A lot of less lessons can be learned. And the grand game, there's not a better game in the world. Rex Hudler, ladies and gentlemen, thanking you <laughs> for your time this time until next time. Blessings, Ryan. Happy holidays. Rational hour, out. Out.